If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Psalm 18. We return to Psalm 18. And this evening we will consider verses 16 to 24. 16 to 24. Join me again in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we do now open your word and desire to feed upon it, Lord, by your Spirit's work. As we are hungry, Lord, for your truth, we pray that your Spirit would satisfy us with the sweet honey of the word, that you would fill us full, and that you would show us in fullness the wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in his name. Amen. Well, Psalm 18, beginning in verse 16, hear now the very Word of God written for you and for me today. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And I did not put away his statutes from me. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Amen. Thus far the reading of God's holy word, and may God add his blessing to the reading of his word to us. Well, congregation, David loved the Lord who was his strength and fortress. He called upon Yahweh who he ran to for refuge in times of need. He praised the God who was his rock and deliverer for all that he had done. And by divine grace, David had a full-orbed view of God and his work. David knew the God who was his strength, and Shorty was the God who delivered him from the outpouring of his wrath. He was delivered through the execution of divine judgment against his enemies. David has painted such a a powerful and a vivid picture of that wrath in this psalm, hasn't he? And yet this picture of the angry and wrathful God is absent and rejected by many in the modern evangelical church today. Many would say these attributes were only true of the God of the Old Testament and not the God of the New Testament, as if God is somehow divided or schizophrenic. But yet the living God, who is the God of of righteous anger and wrath and perfect harmony with the rest of his attributes, is the God of both Testaments. He never changes, 
and he will never cease to be fully who he is. David knew him, and he proclaimed his work in Psalm 18. Yahweh is the God who hears his people and acts according to his will for our cause. He is the divine warrior whose anger and judgment makes his creation quake and shake. He shakes the foundations. The imagery that David gives shows us the fierceness of God's anger and the supreme and devastating might of his power. It should strike awe and wonder in us as much as it shook the foundations of earth. As he descends to unleash his power, his descent is grand and glorious, isn't it? David depicted him riding on a cherub, flying on the wings of the wind, thunder and lightning and and fire and hailstones, waters pulled back and the earth exposed at his rebuke. As David continues to paint the picture of deliverance, he shifts from describing the wrath rolled out to divine, divine support and reward given. Divine support and reward given. Let's look at our text under two headings tonight. One, David being drawn and divinely supported in verses 16 through 19, and his being divinely rewarded in verses 20 to 24. As we begin to look at his support, in verse 16 we read, He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. Now, beloved, see the threefold action of God towards David. Sent from above, he took me, he drew me out. Note how David is passive in every step of his deliverance. God set an acts of deliverance. He sets these things in motion from heaven. Heaven is the only place that salvation comes from, beloved. This act of God goes right along with what David describes in verse 9 as God bowed the heavens and came down with with darkness under his feet. God graciously took David from the place in distress he was in. He he drew him out of, of the deep waters of trouble that he was drowning in, so to speak. David describes such deep waters in his plea in Psalm 69, verse 2. He says, Save me, O God, for the waters have have come up to my neck. I I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I, I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. My friends, this being drawn out of many waters points to the deliverance from death. In many places in Scripture, we're taught that water gives life. However, Scripture also teaches us that water, even many or deep waters here, takes it if left in it. It brings forth death. Remember the naming of Moses 
in Exodus chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. We read in verse 9, Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And so she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. Beloved, Moses' name means drawn out. In Psalm 144, beginning in verse 7, we read this, Stretch out your hand from above. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, from the hand of foreigners, whose mouth speak lying words, and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Beloved, this threefold act of God also points us to Christ and our deliverance from sin and death. Consider this. God the Father sent His Son from heaven. John three sixteen and 17. Jesus willingly came and accomplished our redemption. And though He was caught in the pains or the ropes of death in the grave, His Father delivered Him because He delights in Christ's righteousness. With a great earthquake, He rose out of the depths of death. In Acts chapter 2, verse 24, we read this about Christ, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Here is the great work of Christ for us, the great death and resurrection of Christ. It was not possible that he should be held by it. Praise the Lord. But further, not only are we reminded and pointed to these aspects of our redemption, but also we are pointed to the work of Christ for us as he has taken us from the pit. Psalm 103, verse 4. He has drawn us out of those who are dead to himself, giving us new life in him. Psalm 30, verse 3. In John 6, 44, Jesus says this, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me does what? Draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. And consider what David says in verse 17 of Psalm 18 as he goes on. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. Now, we, we know the strength of Saul and David's other enemies well from previous Psalms. But notice David's attempt here as he says these words. He's describing his attempt to stand against them, his attempts to deal with them himself. They were very strong, even too strong, he said. But not for God. Not for God and him standing for David and his cause. Not for God and his sustaining grace. 
And notice what he says about the sustaining grace in verse 18. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. My friends, this is an awesome truth. Though David's enemies confronted and met him, God was his hope and stay. In many ways, this is a victory song. This is a victory song for the Lord was his support. He truly was his hope and stay. You know, we must never forget that God will not only deliver his people out of our troubles in due time, but he will support us and bear us up under our troubles in the meantime. Hear that. He will not only deliver us out of our troubles in due time, but he will support us. He will bear us up under our troubles in the meantime. In verse 19, David goes on to say that he also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me, and why? Because he delighted in me. My friends, as God delivered Israel from many waters through the Red Sea and brought them to the broad place of the Promised Land, so too God delivered David from Saul and made the way of his escape. The psalmist proclaims in Psalm 118, verse 5, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Now think about this. Why is it so important? Why is this repeated in several passages about the Lord hearing and answering and bringing his people into a broad place? Because though it is true that the path that we walk as Christians is the narrow way, when we're talking about the encroachment of enemies and trouble, Narrow places are the hard places. Narrow places are the places that have very little escape. But here, the Lord has brought him out. And that's important language. Brought him out, put him into the broad place. Remember David's words of relief in Psalm 4, verse 1. He says, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Notice. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Again, these are things that David is reflecting back, even as he's done previous in this very psalm. He is reflecting back and praising the Lord for the things that he has done. Relief, rescue, deliverance, drawing out, supporting. And what did David know was the reason for God's deliverance of him? What does he say? God delighted in him. God delighted in him. And yet the foundation of God's care for David wasn't that David deserved it. It was oh so far from that, because David deserved nothing but condemnation. It wasn't that David deserved it, but it was the Lord's election. 
Psalm 18 reminds all of us that God is always at work for us and for our good because it's of His good pleasure to do so. He delights in those who are the object of His love. He delights in His Son. And He delights in those who are in His Son. Consider verse 20 of Psalm 18. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, He has recompensed me. Now, on the one hand... David reflected on his own integrity. We've seen him do this before. When he considered and he presented the court case, so to speak, before the Lord, and he pled his case to God, for God to act on his behalf, for God to to search him and to make his divine decree, his divine decision in this case, and to stand for David's cause, because as David self-reflected and self-examined, He knew, by God's grace, that he was not guilty of what he was charged. And here again, David reflected on his own integrity and considered the testimony of his conscience regarding his faithful obedience in godly sincerity and not in fleshly wisdom. David was greatly comforted as he reflected on what God's delivering him communicated. It cleared his innocence among men first. He wasn't guilty of the charges Saul raised against him. And it also communicated God's delight. Indeed, beloved, God is a rewarder of obedience. God calls us to obedience. And He blesses us as we obey. He rewards us. Consider the truth of 1 Samuel 24, beginning in verse 16. So it was, when David had finished speaking these words to Saul, that Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? And Saul lifted up his voice and wept. Then he said to David, You are more righteous than I. For you have rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. Those were Saul's words to David. You know, David's reflection, even on this very thing, was much like Paul's in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 12, where Paul said, For our boasting is this, the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. Not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, and more abundantly to you. David knew this, as well as Paul, that it was only by the grace of God that he went. 
It was only by the grace of God that they did anything in simplicity and godly sincerity. It was only by the grace of God and his work in them that they would do such things and conduct themselves in such a way in the world. Now, on the other hand, as much as these things and these words point us to David, on the other hand, these words of Davis point, David point us to Christ and his righteousness, which is ours by faith in him. Consider these wonderful words from 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Beloved, Jesus has become righteousness for you and for me. Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. Paul says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. When a man or a woman or a boy or a girl puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, their sins are imputed to him. And his righteousness is theirs. They are clothed. You and I are clothed with the righteousness of Christ, which is from God. It's a, it's a gift from God put on our account by faith. In Revelation chapter 7, beginning in verse 13, we read of the answer of one of the elders to John saying, who are these arrayed in white robes? And where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, and notice, washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. Here is the picture of God's people with their Lord. Those whose robes are washed and white in the blood of the Lamb. Indeed, those who have been washed clean by the blood of Christ, those who now wear the glorious robes of his righteousness, indeed, we will serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among us. God, with his people, his clean and glorious people, clean in the blood of Christ, dwelling tabernacling among us. Oh, what a glorious picture. Oh, what a glorious reality to come. And what were the specifics of this cleanness that David spoke of in Psalm 18? Look at verse 21. For I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Notice, 
I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. David knew that he was a dreadful sinner. And yet, he reflected and considered as the Lord revealed it to him and showed it to him, he again saw this aspect of his integrity and his faithfulness. He kept the ways of the Lord. He had not departed from his God like so many others had done, like the wicked had done as they had turned their backs on the Lord and railed against him and his people. David didn't do that. And he did not put his law away from himself either. He did not put God's law away. In fact, he studied it. He desired and delighted in it. He desired to walk according to it. David kept God's law. He didn't put it away. He didn't disobey in the things that he was charged for by Saul. He resisted temptation and he fled from sin. And and this is his testimony to the Lord. But likewise, beloved, again, consider Christ. Consider Jesus, who rightly proclaimed his moral perfection. That his whole character and life conformed perfectly to the whole law of God. Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. He did all that God requires. Jesus' hands were perfectly clean infinitely cleaner than David's could ever be. He was blameless before the Lord. He kept God's ways. He didn't put God's statutes from him. He he perfectly walked in the path of obedience, and he was obedient to his Father, even to death and the death of a cross. Praise the Lord. He is flawless, without spot, without blemish, He is the spotless and sinless Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And further, the deliverance that Christ obtained, the the dignity and blessing to which He was raised was the fitting reward or the, the recompense for His being and doing everything that God required of Him. Look at verse 24. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. In 1 Samuel 26, verse 23, we read this, May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Beloved, see this wonderful picture of support and reward from God. See this this wonderful picture of the salvation of God's people by the work of Christ. His perfect righteousness that becomes ours by faith. Know the Father who loves His Son The Father who delivered and rewarded His Son because the Father delights in His Son's righteousness. See the glory of Christ here on display. 
Though Christ was caught in the pains or the ropes of death, those ropes couldn't hold him, and he rose victorious for our justification. He ascended and he is seated. His session is at the right hand of the Father. And now his righteousness is yours by faith. You are clothed in it. You are clean by the blood of the Lamb in the presence of God because of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is praiseworthy. Give him all the praise and the glory for that. The great supporter and rewarder of his son, the great supporter and rewarder of his people, Know the living God who supports and comforts and delights in and and delivers and rewards his people with wonderful blessings and benefits of our union with Christ. One of those grand blessings being the eternal inheritance that is ours as we are in Christ. One of those grand blessings being the coming life and eternal life that we will have in full communion with the triune God and in the presence of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, forever and ever. As we will serve day and night in His temple. And as He will dwell with us. We will behold the glory of the Lamb. Praise the Lord. And praise Him for His Word. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank You for the support and reward that is ours in Christ. We thank You, O God, in the many ways that You provide this to us and the great promises that are ours in Him and that which we look forward to We pray, O God, that you would stir and deepen and enliven our faith, that you would give us a clear understanding of Christ and his benefits, that you would remind us every day of the righteous robes that we wear because of the work of Christ for us, that you would remind us every day of our standing before you in him, as a part of your family. And may we therefore not fall into despair in the trials and the strains and the stresses and the hardships. May we know whose we are, what you have done for us, and what we have with great hope to look forward to. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.